This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. I'm your host, Dr. Jill. I'm here today to help out Vet Candy's hostess with the mostess, Merle Simpson, while she's on a veterinary mission in Mexico. She and her team from Colorado State University are vaccinating and neutering hundreds of pets right now. So she has a very, very good excuse not to be here. Our topic today is love and how to start healthy relationships. Healthy relationships are key to living a positive and productive life. And in honor of this topic, we are giving away a lovely Betsy Johnson tote bag. Just go on to Pet Life Radio's Facebook page and enter to win this really cute bag. It could be all yours. It's so adorable. Blush pink with hearts all over it. I love it. And I hope nobody wins it because I'm going to keep it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I'm really excited for you to meet our guest today, Dr. Jess from Bumble. Bumble is a dating app that is specifically made for women. And Vet Candy loves Bumble because it's a social network that allows you to feel empowered while you make those connections, whether you're dating, looking for friends, or growing your professional network. We especially love that Bumble encourages integrity, kindness, equality, confidence, and respect during all stages of any relationship, whether online or offline. Our guest today, who's going to talk all about love, is Dr. Jess, and she's the resident sociologist from Bumble. We're going to speak with Dr. Jess in just a moment after these messages from our sponsor. Vet Candy makes your life easier with scientific news, clinical updates, and expert lifestyle tips. Sign up for free at MyVetCandy.com and start making your life sweeter. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, Dr. Jess. Welcome to Vet Candy. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being on our show. I'm so excited to talk about love. It's my favorite subject. I, I want everyone to be in love and to find love and to find healthy love. And so I hear you're a resident sociologist. It's so exciting to talk to you. But what is a sociologist? I have no idea. Of course. Well, I mean, a lot of people are very interested in sociology topically, but don't necessarily understand what it is. So that's an excellent question. Sociologists are individuals who study the relationship between individuals and institutions. Those institutions could be anything from a governmental organization, a family, a religious organization. And in the case of what I study, I study the relationship between people and structural networks, mainly dating apps, and how individuals think about and conceptualize love based upon their understandings that they've developed while being active dating while young, older, and how they apply those understandings from the external world to the internal world of online dating. So what kind of training do you have to do to be a sociologist? I received my PhD in sociology from UCLA several years ago. And I, to become a sociologist, you typically have to go and become a doctor. And that's what I did. Oh, okay. okay. So you're a Dr. Love. 
then. In, in theory, I think <laughs> my theory. dissertation chair was kind of, I don't know if Bill, my dissertation chair, which cringe at that, he was a doctor of sociology, but yes, if Dr. Love works for you, Dr. Love works for me. Dr. Love works for me. So I have right. a question for you. Why is it so hard for professional women to find love? I have so many friends that have, they have so much to offer and they just can't find the right person. I don't think it's necessarily limited to professional women, although I certainly work with a great deal of them because Bumble is heavily populated with professional women. But I think it's very difficult for people to find healthy romantic relationships. It takes a lot of work and effort to locate a person who not only you desire, but who also desires you. It's a matching process. Uh, the, the love market is very similar to the labor market. There has to be a mutual interest and match, and there has to be so many elements that align at the same time. And I think that people are often very discouraged when they don't necessarily find success immediately, that they often don't necessarily fully dedicate themselves to the effort of finding love. I talk with people regularly who say they're very discouraged by the process of dating, and namely online dating, which I believe often becomes conflated with dating because it's the most common way that individuals now meet their romantic partner. In fact, one in three Americans who married in the last year met their partners online. So I think that because individuals quickly become discouraged, they don't necessarily put themselves out there or become as active as they should be in order to find somebody because, frankly, online dating is and dating generally is truly a numbers game. If you go out enough and if you meet enough people, you will ultimately meet somebody with whom you match. So with some women, they don't really do anything other than work and they don't want to date their coworkers and they don't want to date their clients. What else can they do? Well, that's why I think people often have turned to online dating because they want to expand their existing social circle. Historically, we've married and dated people who've lived in the neighborhoods we've been embedded in and who worked in the industries we've been embedded in because those were our only options. That was the only thing theoretically available to people. But now with online dating, you can meet somebody who lives in the metro where you live, but who does something completely different and may not at all have any connection to the networks in which you're embedded, which is absolutely wonderful that you have the capacity to meet people with whom you otherwise would never have connected. So for those professional women, I would encourage them to date online and if they're not open to online dating to try to put themselves in contexts and situations where they're going to expand their social circle. If they have an interest in art, join a museum fundraising organization. If they have an interest in cooking, take a cooking class. If they have an interest in tennis, join a club that helps you play tennis and meet new people, whether that's a country club or just a recreational league in your neighborhood. You know, one thing I was going to point out, too, is that, you know, most of us are animal lovers that listen to this radio station. It is Pet Life Radio, right? So if we're animal lovers, if you're dating someone, it's going to be rough if they don't like animals. So how do you start it out to make sure when you're looking for love, you're looking for someone who also loves animals, too? Well, I think that you can be very... I am the proud owner of two dogs, Bonnie and Clyde. You can follow them as Bonnie Clyde Pucks on Instagram. (laughs) They have more followers than I do. They're much cuter than I am and much more interesting, I think. However, I think that if you have a dog or a cat or a furry friend, be very open and upfront with people initially about your pet. I think that if somebody doesn't like animals or pets, that it will become very clear from the get-go. And I think that when people are thinking about serious relationships, they're thinking about the things that are deal-breakers and deal-makers. 
flavors. And pet ownership obviously can be one of those things if somebody, for example, has an allergy. But I don't think that people should be discouraged from dating somebody if they're not a true dog lover. They could tolerate your dog and even grow to like your dog. But if you find somebody who's wonderful but who isn't necessarily over the moon for animals, I don't think that should necessarily be a deal breaker. Unless it comes down to the dog getting on the couch between you while you're while you're watching Netflix, right? Then <laughs> that might be a problem. Well, well, like everything in relationships, things are subject to negotiation, and you would have to work that out. In terms of barriers, as long as there's not a significant allergy or dislike or lack of tolerance, I really think that it's something that people can work at overcoming. My parents have been married for 35 years, and my father is not a dog person, and he's come to love the dogs, but my mother, who's an absolute avid dog lover, has owned historically. So I think I think that love can, in this case, overcome a barrier in terms of interest in animals. Oh, great. Oh, great. Well, some people tell me that they're embarrassed to find a date online. Is there a reason? Should they be embarrassed? Or is this something that everyone's doing and they should be happy and proud to do it? Well, I think that we've seen data from the Pew Research Center and a variety of other reputable sources that has indicated that the stigma associated with online dating has eroded dramatically. Certainly, 10, 15, 20 years ago, when online dating was relatively new, we obviously found that when conducting research, individuals found a stigma with online dating. But now that there's been so many marriages and relationships that have been born out of online dating, and as I mentioned, that one in three Americans who married in the last year met their partners online, that stigma has really eroded dramatically because so many people are now doing it that it can't be a stigmatized behavior anymore because it's become so mainstream. Okay, great. So there's so many different online dating places to go. Why should we be going to Bumble? Why is it different? Well, I think that Bumble is an exceptional app insofar as it really allows women to be in the driver's seat and have control over their relationships in a significant and meaningful manner. And I think that by having the capacity to be able to form a relationship that's meaningful by having women be in the driver's seat and making the first move, that individuals really feel empowered in their relationships in a meaningful way. And how about, like, um, what's your tips for finding a good match on Bubble? Like, what's the way to make sure you get the best success? Well, I, I would really recommend to people to take advantage of our features that are related to badges and filters that allow people to not only be able to select who they want based upon the criteria that they enter in terms of filtering by religion, education, things that they determine are really matter them, but also to provide that information to prospective partners. Because by providing more context information to people, people will be able to make better selections from the get-go about whether or not they're compatible. How can someone have a really great profile that would stand out from everybody else? I think that people often try when dating online to mirror their profiles very closely to what they've observed from other people's profiles. But by doing so, you don't really provide people with enough data to let them know why you are distinctive from all of the other individuals in your demographic criteria in the geographic area in which you're embedded. And I think that people really do a disservice to themselves in that regard by doing this. So I would recommend people to say something that would be completely and totally unique to you. And it could be something as simple as the first job you had, if it was a unique job such as being a swim coach at your local community center, or that when you were younger, you tried to attach yourself to a television because you wanted to fly. These are obviously rather you know, mundane things, but by making these connections to people, they're able to know a lot about you. People would know that you have a sense of adventure and are somewhat silly if you attach yourself to a television and try to fly when you were six years old. 
or when you were theoretically younger and working at a community center or doing something, they would know that you had an interest in activity and that you were involved in a community and they could ask you about the community in which you're embedded. So I, I would really encourage people to think about more broadly things that would differentiate themselves from everybody else in their area because unfortunately an interest in travel and exercise tends to be fairly commonplace and universal among online daters in terms of what they're listing in their profile. So how do you know when you have a good match? I think you know when you have a good match when you go and correspond with them and subsequently have a date that's successful. I think that by determining compatibility when you're messaging and also then subsequently meeting, it's really the great marker of a good match. And how do you know when it's a bad match? And how do you get out of a bad match? I think that, that, you know, it's a bad match if you determine. I think that you should be very thoughtful when you're initially messaging with somebody or initially swiping on individuals online and thinking about what are your deal breakers and deal makers and do these people possess those things and to make thoughtful swipes because that will inform better matches at the matching level. And then if you're messaging with somebody that you've matched with and you determine that you're not interested, it's perfectly okay to say to the person when you're determining that you really don't have much in common or that they've done something that isn't necessarily consistent with what you may have liked. You can say, you know, I really enjoy talking with you. I just don't think we're a good match. Best of luck to you and leave it there. So what if you find someone and you really, you're really having a great conversation, how do you take that from chatting to a real date? Like how do you transition to a real date? I think you just need to make the first move as Bumble says and ask them on a date. If you're enjoying talking to somebody, you should say, this is such an interesting topic. I would love to talk to you more about it. Would you be open to meeting for coffee or a drink? What's your schedule like? It's as simple as that. I know that it can seem daunting and overwhelming because people don't want to be rejected. And obviously, you're making yourself vulnerable by asking somebody for something that you want and by putting yourself in a position that is not necessarily comfortable. But there's no way you are ever going to be successful in dating if you don't take a risk. And obviously, making the first move in messaging for women and then subsequently asking someone on a date is a great way to do that. And um, speaking of the first date, do you have any tips of things to do on your first date? I would tell people to involve their social support networks like family and friends if they feel uncomfortable meeting somebody for the first time. I would tell people to do the best things to make themselves feel safe. And I would also just tell them to keep it relatively casual. Don't put a lot of pressure on the situation. Meet them at a coffee shop or at a restaurant bar and have it be a discreet period of time where you limit yourself to that so that you don't feel obligated to stay longer than you want if you determine that you're not interested because you don't want to waste your time or the other person's time. So what happens if you go there and you have this great chemistry online, you go on this first date and there's no chemistry at all? And what do you do? Like, how do you leave that situation without making the other person upset? Well, I think that that happens a lot. You're not supposed to fall in love with everybody. I think you're going to go on a lot of dates with somebody and many people before you find the person that you really are interested in exploring further. So I would just say to go on the date, to be polite, to be respectful, to have one drink, one cup of coffee. And if you know you're not interested, say, you know, it was so nice meeting you. I really appreciate your time. And leave it there. That's all you have to do. You owe somebody kindness and respect when meeting them. And you owe them the politeness of having a coffee or a beverage with them. And after that, just say, you know, it was so nice meeting you. I really appreciate your time. And leave it at that. And if the person says anything further to you and tries to probe a little more deeply, you say, you know, I really enjoyed meeting with you. I appreciated everything you had to say. It was really interesting talking to you. But I just don't think we're a match in the long term. And that's all that you need to do. And do you have any success stories about somebody who met on Bumble that turned out great? Do you have anything you can share with us about that? 
of course, we have so many success stories. It's overwhelming how many we have, but I actually have one that I was directly involved with. So I have a friend who lives in Los Angeles, and she was dating on Bumble and was pretty frustrated with online dating generally. And she'd matched with this guy, and he had asked her out on a date, and she said to me, you know, I'm not sure if I want to go out with him. I just am not up for dating right now. And I took her phone, and I started messaging him, and I said, you've got a date on Wednesday, go, and they're getting married in August. Oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. That, you know, that's something, I mean, personally, I have friends that I have, you have to push some people. Some people are just, they want to sit back and wait for things to happen. And and I'm telling them, you got to do something. You can't just sit back and wait for Prince Charming or whoever to open your door. You actually have to go out and, and make an effort, right? Of course, you've got to make it happen. Yeah, you got to make it happen. That's great. That's a great story. And your friend was not mad at you for doing that, right? She willingly handed over her phone. I was not okay. anything against her Okay. <laughs> okay, it's almost like, um, is it Cyrano de Bergerac who did that to Roxanne or something? Um, so it's like the yeah. modern day Cyrano. That's great. So for the last thing with our guests, we like to play a little game. And so I'm going to ask you a question. So you're stranded on a desert island. You have plenty of food and water. And you have the option of bringing three things with you. What are those three things? My husband, my dogs, and water. Oh, you already have water. So you got an extra. You got an extra spot. So you have your husband, your dogs. I have already an Apple television. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Jess, for joining us today. These are great tips, and I hope our listeners can go back and and learn how to meet the love of their life and bring love and a healthy relationship into their life. Also, Bumble isn't just for love. It's also for friends and business, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that part of Bumble? What's wonderful about Bumble is that we have other verticals that are dedicated to people who are looking for other types of empowered connections. On BFF, individuals can match with people who are in their area with whom they want to potentially find new friends. We know that with the growing number of individuals who don't necessarily live near friends and family, this is becoming even more and more critical. And Bumble Biz is designed to help women find empowered connections uh, through our platform because we really feel as though from our user feedback that individuals were really concerned not only about being empowered in dating, but also professionally. So we created this feature to help women really build their networks and gain support from their fellow female workers. And Vet Candy is a proud member of Bumble Biz, by the way. That's so wonderful to hear. And Jill, it was so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for coming. And to our listeners, don't forget, go on to Pet Life Radio's Facebook page and try to win this beautiful Betsy Johnson tote with these beautiful pink hearts all over it. Thank you very much for attending our show. I hope you guys learned a lot about love. And we hope to see you in our next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.